You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show, episode 179, A New Field Guide for Confirmation with Colin McIver. Hey, I'm Jeff Cavins. How do you simplify your life? How do you study the Bible? All the way from motorcycle trips to raising kids, we're going to talk about the faith and life in general. It's The Jeff Caven Show. The evening in my life that I remember more than any other evening as far as having an impact on my relationship with the Lord was in 1971 when I was confirmed. I was confirmed in May of 1971, and I remember that night very well. And if I forget, all I have to do is look at my book because there's a picture of me standing there as a young man with a a new Bible. And it was that night that something happened to me that changed my life forever. And I, I, I got a hunger for the Word of God that night. And I remember saying to my dad, Dad, what just happened? I was confirmed. What happened? And my dad said, well, you're, you're an adult in the church. And that's about all I knew. I memorized a few of the questions that the bishop might ask. He didn't ask me any questions. But that night, I took that Bible and I put it on my bedstand. And then I looked at it. I smelled it. My hands went through it. There was something special about that night for me. And uh, and I look back now and I see that the, the seeds of hunger for God's word, I think, were put into my heart in a big way on the night that I was confirmed. We're going to be talking today with Colin McIver. Colin McIver is a friend of, of ours at Ascension Press, and he has devoted himself to teaching. In fact, he teaches at St. Scholastica Academy. Where is that? You're going to wonder after listening to him. Well, it's in Covington, Louisiana, but he doesn't sound like it because uh, he's from Rhode Island. He teaches at an all-girls school. And catechist, red alert, red alert. We've got something for you that's going to make your job easier when it comes to confirmation, and it's a new catechist field guide to confirmation. It is officially the catechist field guide to confirmation, and it's going to help you. And I'd like to introduce to the show today, Colin McIver. Good to have you. Thank you, Jeff. It's very good to be here with you. Well, you know, I I was just mentioning, uh, Colin, that in... In all seriousness, that night that I was that I was confirmed, that was the night. Get this, I I, I came up that night with a a system to read the whole Bible. When I that's back in 1971, and my system was I would read one verse a night for the rest of my life, and by the time I'm old, say 30, I will have read the entire Bible. But that lasted about a week or so. But I really believe that something did happen to me and. You know, the church, the church, we can get into this a little bit. The church teaches about confirmation and what really happens. But let's be honest, when we stand back, it doesn't look like a lot is happening to these kids. Am I right or wrong? Oh, I think it, it can look like that for sure. There's a way in which I guess you could say it's ontologically hidden. What's, what's happening in the depth of the soul is sometimes revealed and sometimes hidden. I, I guess that's how, how God has, has always worked. Um, but there are some who have powerful experiences, and it's immediately evident. You know, you go home and you decide you're going to read a, a verse of the Bible every night for the rest of your life. Um, but there are others who walk out of the church, and unfortunately, some who who don't walk back in for for quite some time. That mm-hmm. maybe confirmation as as a graduation, and it's really that mentality we're trying to combat um, because confirmation is equipping for a mission. A lot of people get equipped and then they kind of leave, and we don't want that to happen. Right. Well, you know, for those that 
might be listening to this the, to this podcast and some, for some reason caught their attention on Google. What is confirmation? Let's start with what is confirmation? Because I think a lot of people, they know the word, but I'm not sure they really understand what's happening here. Yeah. So I would start with saying that confirmation is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, most fundamentally. And it's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's permanent and lasting. It makes a, a mark on our soul that there's there's no taking back. There are three sacraments we would say that that enact what we would call an ontological change or a change in the soul that there's no going back from. And the first is baptism. The second is confirmation. And the third is holy orders, um, where we say to a priest, you're a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. And, and that that priestly vocation really starts at baptism, where we become priest, prophet, and king in a way that permanently changes our soul. Confirmation is is the completion of Christian initiation. So what begins at baptism in terms of, of two things that I really emphasize in the book, an identity and a mission, who you are and what you came to do. Those two things are, are put into our, our, our minds, our hearts, our souls at baptism. And confirmation seals, the way the catechism puts it is it, it deepens that identity and then equips for that mission. And uh, yeah, so fundamentally, it's an outpouring of the Holy Spirit that that deepens your identity as a son or daughter of God and equips you for, for the mission of Christian discipleship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well put. You know, when I, I was reading the catechism, um, I'm, I'm fascinated with the topic of, of uh, confirmation because I, I see it as the key to really being a great disciple for the Lord. You know, you're empowered, and the catechism says you're empowered to be a courageous witness, an authentic witness of, of Jesus. And I know that for me, all, you know, the years growing up, I believe something did happen to me with confirmation, but I didn't have any sense at all of what it means to be a disciple of Christ or to be a witness for Jesus. That came, that came later, but I didn't have that understanding. I, I was young when I was confirmed. Let's talk about that for a minute, because a lot of people will say, well, Get them confirmed when they're young. Get them confirmed when they're older. What? What? How does your field guide address that? We're addressing the reality that um, I would say most standard in in the church right now, and the reality that's most standard is that the age is all over the place. So, in our confirmation resources, we've addressed mostly the the spot of of seventh grade through eleventh, twelfth grade. Although I would say the field guide expands that that if you are in a diocese that's doing restored order, I think a lot of what's in there would still very much make sense um, okay. in terms of the fundamentals of confirmation. Um, but if you really want if you wanted to start, say you had a, a bunch of directors of religious education from different dioceses all over the country and you wanted to start a good fight, you could walk <laughs> through and say, what age should young people be confirmed? Then you walk out and come back right. five hours later and make sure they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, well I, guess, I guess more more importantly than when is is how that formation takes place. And that that really, that brings us to, you know, uh, they're not going to teach themselves. They're, we're not going to them, give them a PDF. And right now at the time of this recording, we're in the middle of COVID-19. And oh, yeah. this, is, this is a new reality now. And talk about a new reality for... Uh, sacramental prep, uh, my friends listening, listen, if you have, you have kids that are going to be confirmed in the next year or two, you need to start thinking about how that formation is going to take place. And this is for everybody. Grandparents, do you have grandchildren? This is something that you can help with, with something like this great, you know, catechist field guide that Colin McIver has, has put together. But let's talk about that, Colin, the, 
the, the who, how are they going to get prepared? They're not doing it themselves. So there's a, a pretty big cast of characters and it, it takes, it takes a village to raise a disciple for, for sure. Um, we're, we're starting here with the, the formators in the parish. So let's say you have a director of religious education. In some cases, it's the youth minister. In my parish, really, the, the DRE and I work in, in tandem, and I um, I work more in on the youth ministry side. Um, but those two who are our parish staff, or the one who's parish staff, is is tasked with finding volunteers, finding a cast of characters who are themselves credible witnesses, who who are disciples looking to 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 make disciples, and and to bring them into that process. So we kind of start there with um, with those who are going to officially be part of the program that the parish has has gathered together. And of course, in the middle of COVID-19, that might look a little bit different as well. Um, and then I'm going to say that it's always been the case, but I think it's, you know, it's very fashionable in 2020 to say now more than ever, right? But now more than ever, parents and sponsors are so critical to that process and mm-hmm. parents first and foremost, when that baptismal flame is handed on to parents, um, it symbolizes that that the fire of faith is is theirs to hand on, to be the primary catechist of, of their children. And even if we go on the side of more sociological research, we know that the the best indicator of whether or not a young person will continue in the practice of their faith is is how engaged are their parents. Um, and I can't I can't cite exactly which study because it was some workshop I was at before COVID, and everything's a little bit a blur. <laughs> COVID. Um, but I was very interested that some researcher was saying that not only is it parents who are engaged in their faith, it's parents who can have conversations about faith. Mm-hmm. One thing we, we emphasize in the field guide, and one thing that, that our chosen program is really equipped to do, is, is to engage parents in this process. Um, when parents come, at the, say, at the beginning of the program in, in my parish um, at St. Anselm in Madisonville, Louisiana, we bring parents in and I know that for some of them, they're terrified. In our case, it's juniors in high school. They're terrified to talk to their teenager about God and faith and religion, and they really haven't had any practice. So um, before COVID, we would put a Chick-fil-A biscuit in their hand and just mentor and foster a conversation so that a, a deeper conversation can take place. Um, so I think that's that's one of one of the things we're trying to emphasize in, in the field guide, that, that what happens programmatically at the parish really needs to feed into the home. And then you have the sponsors as well. The sponsor who's been picked, who often is the grandparent. I, I see that as an. Is it really? Oh. Yeah, and more this year. I guess among this field of candidates, it, it became more apparent because some of the grandparents couldn't come to a sponsor meeting at all. Um, we we had to to zoom them in, and they were trying to figure out how to zoom. <laughs> um, but for a lot of them, they would say that the grandparent is is the one who, um, when they think of the practice of the Catholic faith, they, they go a generation back into yeah. their grandparents. What's the role of, what's the role of the official Colin McIver role of the sponsor? Aha. So when, back when we were working on chosen, um, Amy and, and I were, share with, with our, our listening audience, what chosen is. Sure. Yeah. So, so chosen is Ascension's confirmation program. It's 24 lessons. It's structured according to the RCIA model where, we're really trying to draw people into the kerygma or the core content of the faith. We're trying to to teach sacraments to address and um, in a, a general but powerful way the church is teaching on morality and vocations, and it's really a 
a tour de force through the Catholic faith for 24 sessions. It is. Um, it, it's it, You guys did a fantastic job, and I think it's the gold standard, actually, when it comes to confirmation. And your your field guide is just the perfect thing to to bring to bring uh, along, you know, on that journey. But you, I interrupted you when you were about to talk about, uh, you know, the, the role of the sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. So, so when we first sat down, one of the things that Amy and I were tasked to do with Chosen was to write a guide for parents and a guide for sponsors. And so I looked in the Code of Canon Law. I was like, oh, okay, so the catechism tells me some things. Um, the Code of Canon Law gets pretty specific about how a sponsor is supposed to certify to the bishop that a candidate is prepared. Okay. And so that indicates that the, the sponsor needs to be part of um, part of that formation process. And it also says, ooh, it's either, I don't have it in front of me, it's either in the catechism or the Code of Canon Law, where it says that the sponsor is to take care that the, that the candidate um, behaves according to the standards of a Christian witness. Sure. So right. we're, we're looking at somebody who, here's the word I'm going to throw out and it's, it's a uh, Pope Francis favorite word and it's accompaniment, you know, that the sponsor is one who's supposed to accompany, um, accompany the candidate before. And then literally during the ceremony, of course, mm-hmm. they've got the hand on the shoulder. Um, and in COVID, I think we can do that. Maybe we'll have to put a glove on or something. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> but well, then, who picks the sponsor? I mean, is, is is it um is it normal for the the youngster to pick someone, or or is it the responsibility of the parents? I think it really does more fall toward the candidate themselves. Now, that's not, not something I think we get a whole lot of specificity on in um, you know in official documents, but in practice, uh-huh. I recommend that the that the candidate has a big hand in that because what you're looking for um, is somebody who you can talk to. So for a candidate to identify, here is somebody who's confirmed, who's living their faith, who is an attractive witness to me, and also who um, who I can talk to, who I feel like I can ask questions, mm-hmm. who I would I would want to walk with me in this practice of the faith. What happens in practice sometimes, though, is um, parents kind of decide on an honorific aunt or uncle. You know, yeah, so, yeah, uncle. yeah. They got four kids, you know, and they they have already had three sponsors, you know, for the first three. And there's one sibling who hasn't been a sponsor yet. Guess what? <laughs> That's kind of like natural though. It, it is natural. And I, I like to challenge sponsors when, when, um, when we have a sponsor meeting, I like to say to them that the Holy Spirit was not shocked or surprised that you were picked. Even <laughs> if listening to what a sponsor actually does, you get a little bit intimidated. It may be the opportunity for the sponsor to, um, to stir and to flame their own confirmation gifts and identity. Yeah. And, and that's, that's a powerful story when that happens. Um, I've had some sponsors say to me after, after sessions, oh, I wish our, our program was like this. And I'm like, well, this is, this is your program. You're still, right. still engaged in this. And, um, do you have any pictures of yourself when you were confirmed? Ooh, I'm sure I do somewhere. Yeah. I'd like to put that in the show notes. I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> I can put mine in there. We could right. It's the two bearded Catholics. <laughs> And their yeah. confirmation pictures. Maybe we'll work that out one way or another. You're listening to a discussion between myself and Colin McIver with this book, The Catechist. It's not actually a book. It's more like a, a well, it's a small book. And and I'll put, the, I'll put a link in the show notes for you. But it's The Catechist Field Guide to Confirmation. I still remember my sponsor, Maurice Weiss. I don't know where Maurice is anymore. He lived across the street. My parents knew him and he was my sponsor. And, and 
I ended up having a wonderful relationship with the family as a result of it. Maurice, if you're out there and you are listening, please get in touch with me. You can get in touch with me at the Jeff Caven show at ascensionpress.com. When we come back, I'm going to continue my conversation with Colin. We're going to talk about some things that parents can do to ensure that their children are getting everything that they should get out of the confirmation experience. You're listening to the Jeff Caven show. The saints of the old Testament would have longed to see what we see in the new covenant, especially God's presence in the Holy Eucharist. Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Swafford, theologian and co-author of Ascension's newest Great Adventure Bible study, Hebrews, The New and Eternal Covenant. In this eight-session study on the book of Hebrews, Jeff Cavins and I highlight the movement from the old covenant to the new and show how Jesus Christ fulfills the deepest meaning of the temple and Old Testament priesthood. Through this study, you'll gain a deeper appreciation for the power of the Mass, as well as a better understanding of core Catholic beliefs regarding salvation the sacraments, the creed, and Mary's role in salvation history. To learn more and discover how you can start this study on your own or with a group, visit ascensionpress.com backslash Hebrews. That's ascensionpress.com backslash Hebrews. Hey, I want to welcome you back. Do you know of anybody that's going to be confirmed in the next year? Anybody? Do you want to give them that boost? Do you want to give them that edge? Do you want to give them an advantage to understand what's actually happening when they when they are confirmed? May I recommend to you the Catechist Field Guide to Confirmation? Colin McIver is the author. We're going to put that in the show notes for you. Uh, I think that this book can become a bestseller, and I think it can make a big difference in people's lives. I know Colin. I know he's a good teacher. And a shout out to all of our friends in Louisiana. That's where Colin teaches. St. Scholastica Academy. That's an all-girls school. Colin, um, that must be an interesting experience to teach at an all-girls school. Yes, blessed among women, as, as I say. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk uh, about parents for a little bit. What are, what are two or three things that you would recommend uh, to parents who who are going to go through this in the next year or two? So the first one is going to be pretty obvious, but every time Mary appears from heaven, it's it's her advice. So it's, it's solid advice. Pray, pray, pray. You yeah. know, the first thing is to... Um, to greet the situation with prayer. I have a section in the in the field guide. I talk about St. Monica parents who are deeply engaged and maybe they're they're doing great adventure Bible studies. They're they're mm-hmm. super involved in their parish and they're lamenting that their 15-year-old is not right now. And the first thing and the most effective thing to do is is to pray. The second thing is is really is really to listen um, with with some simple questions to I, I have parents turn to the candidate and just ask them the question, how do you feel about getting confirmed? And really challenge the parents, just just listen. Because if we don't start from that position of honesty, um, then we're not going to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And parents may find that that they have a son or daughter who, um, who has really wrestled with even their belief in God or their understanding of, of the church. Um, or you, you may find that you have – this – I'll, I'll bring this up because it happened three times in a week. Um, you may have a young person who who desires to be more engaged in their faith and who really desires for their family to be. I had a young man come up to me after a session in, in tears um, when we were doing our, our week-long 
uh, session, just a little, not, not like snotty tears or anything, but just a, like a, a little visibly shaken. Um, because he said, my, my parents only go at Christmas and Easter mm. and, and I want to go to mass as a family. And I was, oh. and you know, this was like, a you know, a 16 year old, like football player, you know, probably mm-hmm. Very, very like popular, well spoken. I was like, interesting that this this kid desires more faith in his family. That's so one thing parents can do and is is to listen. Um, so it's to pray, it's to listen, and I think the third thing is just to step up the engagement of faith in your own family. You know, just the yeah. way in which if there isn't a daily rosary, well, if there was ever a year to start doing what Mary says to do at Fatima, it's twenty twenty. Sure. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. You know, the rosary is a, is a very accessible way to to introduce them, uh, the candidates to to the life the life of Jesus. Another thing I'd recommend, and I, I recommend this for about everything, though, Colin, and that is that that people would understand the Bible. Maybe the unlocking the mystery of the Bible. Eight half hour sessions to kind of learn the whole story because you're being you are baptized into a story. You're being confirmed in a story. And that's God's amazing plan of sheer goodness. You know, the very first paragraph, paragraph of the of the of the catechism. What are what are some of the uh, a couple of the things that that young people today are facing that maybe their parents were not facing? And 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 talk to me just briefly here about how confirmation can address those things. Yeah. So there are, there are many, um, I'll, I'll start with the obvious technology piece. Um, and I'll, I'll go right for the jugular here that our, our, our young people are faced with a barrage of, of pornography in a way that their parents weren't. Mm-hmm. And I, I think in confirmation preparation, there's a chance, um, maybe even to meet some of those challenges head on. Um, but at least to, to talk about our, our relationship with, with technology, with our phones, Another thing that that comes through technology is there's a fast pace indoctrination into um, all sorts of alternate ways of thinking and ideologies that maybe mm-hmm. parents parents faced sure, but maybe not at the speed and ferocity with which our young people face it. Sure. Um, so I, I think that the confirmation preparation and any solid presentation of the faith. This is. Um, kind of go back to chosen why those 24 sessions are so important is to really meet them head on with a full and robust presentation of, of what the Catholic faith is because they're getting, you know, uh, I'll bring up TikTok. It's these, you know, 30 second videos, but they're powerful, like propaganda deliverers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for them to have a more robust conversation about what the proposition of the faith is, mm-hmm. the way that confirmation can address it, or, or even the way that the way that you start in in uh, in pre evangelization is with the same question that Jesus started with. What, what do you really want? Um, right. So so to start, yeah, the, there are challenges. I would say the the rapid fire of everything from um, pornography to what what Pope Francis calls ideological colonization. All these ideas that are thrust at our young people. Right, right. Those are Ident- identity, mm-hmm. um, political political persuasions, all kinds of things that they're. They're facing it, and I know that young people have a tendency to to want to kind of go with the flow, so to speak, and and that, that's that's difficult, you know, especially when inside, deep inside, you know, you know something this couldn't be, but you want to be popular and you want to be part of, you know, the in group, so to speak. Yeah, yeah, those social pressures that you know, I think 
it's good for parents too and sponsors to go back and uh, just get in touch with your inner teenager for a moment to go back and to to even almost in a meditative way remember the teen experience. Yeah. That's something that I periodically do, especially if I if I bomb and whether in the in the classroom or campus ministry experience, I go back and just try to remember how would I have experienced this as a teen, and that yeah. can be to just kind of go back. We're, we're all recovering teenagers, Jeff. Well, oh, yeah, that's for sure. Well, you know, there's a, I don't, I don't know where I heard this, but I thought it was a great idea. People do it in, in different forms, but it is Jeff Cavins writing a letter to his seventh grade self. You uh-huh. know, it's Colin McIver writing a letter to his whatever year you were, you know, confirmed. And, and if, when you think about that, that that's actually a, kind of a good exercise for parents, you know, to, to write a letter to their, to their child candidate slash candidate uh, from the perspective of who I am now and what I would say, you know, and people, I mean, if you're listening to this show (laughs) right now, um, you're probably interested. I would think so. (laughs) In the faith. So can people give this field guide to their confirmation teachers? Is it can can they is that appropriate to say here's a gift I want to give you? Oh, I think so. I think that would I think they would love it. Absolutely. Um yeah, even I think for for parents to say, hey, I found this resource. I have I have parents who do that at the school and at the parish who'll run across something and say, this would be great for your faculty. And we always meet that with um with a feeling of wow, well thanks for thanks for thinking of us. Yeah. And we look and there, there are some things that parents have have turned me on to that I, that we've we've integrated full wholesale because maybe it's something we hadn't heard of before. So, yeah, right. I think giving it to a catechist, maybe giving maybe handing a copy to your pastor, not not a bad idea. No, that's what I was just going to say. Give you know, give buy a copy and give it to your pastor, the deacon in in your church. As we get to ready to kind of run uh, wind this thing down, um, I'm going to give the information in the show notes on how to get in touch with. Uh, getting your book, you know, this field guide to confirmation. But I I get to thinking, you know, I'm thinking back, always thinking biblically. It's just, I just that way it started when I was confirmed and it just won't stop. But, uh, but I was thinking, you know, Matthew chapter three and four, you have Jesus. uh, He comes, he comes from Galilee. He comes down to the Jordan. He is baptized at the Jordan in Matthew chapter three. And then he comes up out of the water. The Holy spirit comes down upon him and he is now beginning his public ministry in the same place that Joshua began his public ministry, really crossing the Jordan in the book of Joshua. Well, I say all that to say this, that, that at the, at the end of Jesus ministry, he said, as the father has sent me, so I send you. And Jesus really gave us that example of being baptized and confirmed and then going out into public ministry. This is something we're supposed to be doing, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, so I, I, get, I get really excited about confirmation because I, I see these young people as people who have come up out of the water. Now the Holy Spirit's coming down upon them and completing that which started at baptism. And, and I think that, that we can encourage them, that you're a disciple of Christ. You can walk with Christ. You can walk in that power. And um, there is power and comfort available to you in you name the situation. You name the situation you're going through at school. 
You name the situation you're going through, you know, in sports or whatever it is, there's now power available for you. I think that is really, really an exciting, exciting thought, you know? It, it is. And it's an exciting thought for, for any generation at any age. But I think if, again, we look at 2020 and there's all sorts of memes about murder hornets and all sorts of things that are happening, but I think that this generation of youth is itchy for a mission and for the equipment to actually accomplish a mission. And if, if that mission isn't a mission given from the Holy Spirit, there are other spirits that are trying to, to be at work in the world. And there always have been. Um, but this, this is the time, I think, for us to, to really seize upon the sacraments of, of the church and, and to point the power of the Holy Spirit in, right into the culture. Um, there, are, there are young people who, who are deeply passionate about, about justice. And you know what? Like The church is, is into justice. The Holy Spirit is the author of justice. Exactly. There young people who are just just itching for for change and transformation if we show them what that authentically looks like right um, and then allow the holy spirit to charge them up we're gonna we're gonna have a generation of saints on our hands well he uh, colin mentions uh justice and uh just to throw that in if you're interested in justice anybody's interested in justice i've been studying that lately and i have been really caught in habakkuk chapter one and verses one through four where it says that in the times that habakkuk spoke the law was paralyzed the unrighteous surrounded the righteous and perverted justice and uh, that's what we're up against right now in many ways. And so, wow, what a time to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit, knowing that that uh, that there really is an attempt to paralyze, I think, the Word of God and our effectiveness and to pervert justice. And Colin, you mentioned young people are interested in justice. This is this is a fight that I would think that people would be would be interested in. All right, so it's been so good to talk to you, and I'm I'm just so glad that it wasn't Conor McGregor because I, at first I thought it was Conor McGregor, and it was going to be about the UFC Ultimate Fighting, and I was nervous. And then our conversation, yeah, <laughs> and they they straightened me out. It's Colin Mc. I knew that though. We I've known you for a number of years now, and you do great work. And I think that the field guide, uh, like a bird field guide, you know, is meant to accompany you. It's not the whole thing. Uh, it accompanies chosen. It accompanies, uh, you know, different programs around the country, but a field guide sure is nice to have when you're in the middle of it all and you need to just find out some information real quick. So appreciate you coming on the show today. My friends, what's that? I appreciate you having me on. Oh, yeah. We got to get together next. When I come back down to Louisiana, I stay with, um, the uh, the world famous, I can say that now, he's such a great guy, Chef John Falls. Uh, he's, a, he's such a good, a dear friend of mine, Re really one of the closest human beings on earth to me. And I spend about a month down in uh, Baton Rouge and you and I can get together and we can um, we can have a crawfish boil. That sounds like a party to me. I would like a big crawfish boil, have some corn in there, potatoes and... Well, maybe we can do it early. Why do we have to wait to that, that whole Mardi Gras season? We'll just come on down early. But um, 
Always. Hats off to you and what you're doing in the, in the church today, uh, Colin. You're doing a, a great job. Let's close. I want to close in prayer. And, um, and my friends, you've been listening to Colin McIver talk about confirmation. And I really do want to encourage you to get a hold of the field guide. Get involved in your children's confirmation because something really is happening here that is giving them the power to deal with the things that you know what they've been dealing with. You know they talk to you and you know what's happening. They need they needed that extra edge, that that power and authority that that only God can give them. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord, I lift up my my friends to you right now and I ask you to bless them. I pray, Lord, I pray that that you will give them boldness in sharing the good news with their children, grandchildren, their nieces, their nephews that they would be active and, and bold and, and kind in, in wanting to get involved and to be an encourager during the season of confirmation. I pray, Lord, for all those listening right now that, that you would move upon their heart and, and, uh, and give them even creative ideas on how to be a part of of their niece, their nephew, their their son, their daughter's life, their grands, their grandchildren. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, my friends, I thank you for praying for me, and I'm praying for you. I love you, and uh, I pray that that Jesus Christ would truly be formed in your life, and that yes, COVID nineteen is a difficult time right now, but you know what? We can walk through it. And the Lord will be with you. And there's going to be incredible things that can, that will and can happen in your own life. Uh, a few weeks ago, I was sharing with you what happened in my life during this time. And God can use these times to do tremendous things in your life and in your family's life. I hope that it, I hope that it has to do with confirmation in your life right now. God bless you. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>